right, everybody. Welcome back to the Thanks for Rolling podcast. We are here at the studio at 10th Planet Springfield. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff, and I am here with my co-host, Pat. How are you? What's going on, Jeff? How's it going? Good job remembering to intro ourselves. There's a, some critical feedback we received last week, so we're always trying to improve here. That's right. That's right. It's important for you guys to know who we are, at least. So <laughs> we'll start with the names. So uh, we thought we would uh, talk a little bit about the recent uh, Who's Number One event Yeah, today. So um, that was the, this is the most jujitsu I've watched in a long time. Yeah. It's time consuming. So, you know, we're all busy. So it's, it's hard to sit down for hours or in, with this one days to watch jujitsu, but it was a solid event. Yeah. A couple of days worth of action. Yeah. Right. Do you want to um, like intro the event to everybody who's listening? If, they, if they're not familiar with it, right. It's not one of the ones people maybe think of immediately, right. If they're thinking about the IBJJF tournament or ADCC yeah. or even like some of the smaller local ones. Right. So who's number one is, um, an event series run by Flow Grappling. I think they started, I don't know, a year and a half ago. I think it was definitely during pandemic times. Um, so they run a, a sub-only format, and they bring in a lot of the top names, and they also bring in a lot of the up-and-coming young talent, which is it's really cool to see that mix. Um, so they're normal events. It's usually a super fight format. So they're just, you know, they'll run however many matches um, they usually do like 15 minutes sub only and then ref's decision. Um, so they've run some solid events for the past year, year and a half. And this past weekend was what they called their first world championship. So they had five weight classes. I think they were eight person brackets mm-hmm. to crown their, I guess, inaugural champions in those five weight classes with some big money on the line too. Yeah, so they they ran heavyweight one eighty five and one fifty five men. Yep, and then heavyweight and one fifteen women. I Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So this event they had, so it was those five divisions. It was thirty thousand to the winner, fifteen thousand to second place, and seventy five hundred to third place. Yeah. And then, I believe it was a thousand dollar submission bonus. Yep. For each submission that somebody got, so yeah. I think all in all they paid out almost. 300 grand in prize money. It's pretty awesome. In the world of jujitsu, that's massive. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that they paid for submissions, so that it's not just like, just that little extra incentive to, exactly. to go Push for it. Push the right? pace. Yeah. Um, you know, they're very big on on pushing the action and, and going for the submissions as it is, so I think that $1,000 incentive just helps that much more. Yeah. I wondered, too, as I was watching, I didn't see all of the fights, but I watched a bunch of the clips that I could get my hands on. Um and with some of the younger, like they had a couple, you know, they were unranked competitors there. And I wondered if that was like more incentive for them, right? Like just people were hungry. I mean, you know, yeah. as opposed to just like, I'm just going to go out here and try to get a win. Yeah. Imagine being a 17 year old competitor and you have, you get a thousand dollars for a submission. Right. Not to mention 30 grand if you win the division. Right. right. Yeah. They don't give a shit, right? I'm going to yeah. go after it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I thought we would talk about some of the, different happenings a couple of the matches kind of run yeah it was a it was a pretty wild event um the action went for two days they started saturday morning and wrapped up sunday night um the other thing that was cool about how they did this is it wasn't just single elimination everybody that lost had the chance to come back on the second day and um, compete for third place so if you lost in the first round you had a chance to come back and win a couple matches on sunday and still get in the prize money right 
Yeah, it was cool to see the consolation consolation brackets there. Yeah, right. And the third. They had brackets. some of the best matches too, because yeah. I think that's where you end up with those more even matchups. Yep. Trying to fight back. It was interesting too. I was looking at all the results today. Like some big names, we'll talk about this, right? But some big names who, you know, got eliminated in the first round and then got eliminated again, like in the consolation. Yeah. I was, I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot he was even competing. Or, yeah, there were a lot of upsets. Yeah. Pretty cool. And yeah. The format was cool, though. They did 15-minute sub-only for all of the matches until the finals, and they did 30-minute sub-only. So, you know, one of the biggest gripes you hear from jiu-jitsu competitors and spectators is the short matches that you see most of the time. And, you know, it's understandable. You're trying to put this stuff on TV or some kind of consumable yeah. format. The longer the matches, I think generally, the more difficult it's going to be. You end up with these events that go... Who knows how long, but yeah. you know, when you're talking about two top level competitors, five minutes just it's not enough to yep. to even feel each other out. Even ten minutes, um it's tough. So thirty minutes was it was pretty cool to see them give those competitors that much time to work. And the ref was like on their case the whole time. Working, work, yeah. work, yep. We were talking last night in the gym. I'm like, could you imagine you're like twenty five minutes into this match to your third match you've had in two days? And this guy's just yelling at you that you have to keep going forward or yeah. he's going to penalize you. Yeah, it's crazy. 30 minutes is a long time. It's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time but at that level to try to keep the pace up. Yeah. But so many of them did. Yeah. I loved just seeing the platform to allow them to do that. Yeah. And the production was, it's the best production of a jujitsu event I've ever seen. I was super impressed by that. Like you're watching commercials and it's like, yeah, are we on network TV? Yeah. It's like, you know, jewelry chain commercials yeah. and yeah. legit stuff. I mean, like the the commentary was good, the audio was good, like the lighting, you could see everything, yeah. the way the cameras were set up were good. I was super impressed because sometimes you watch it's like one dude in the corner with a camera. Yeah. Like it's dark, you can't see anything. Like this stinks. Yeah. Flow's had some glitchy stuff in the past, but they definitely pulled it together for this one. It was yeah. as good as it gets. Yeah, I was pretty impressed. I was like, this looks this looks really good. They had several commentary teams. Yeah. You can learn so much. Just by listening to good commentary. Yep. Yeah, guys like um, Sean Williams and Jay Reglobuto breaking it down. And I was driving around a lot on Saturday, so I just had my phone plugged into the audio in the truck, just listening to the commentary. It was, it was like I was watching the match. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. You know, it's good, yeah. especially with. Yeah, they're not just thing. like they're not just yelling out moves. It's they're really breaking it down, yep. talking about what this person should do, what that person yep. should do. Yep. Yeah, I liked it. I was I was very impressed with that part of it. I was I was surprised just based on hearing other things or other events and then that one yeah it was really good i like they brought in multiple commentary teams too because it was a long event yeah so the guys they weren't getting burnt out they right. always had fresh fresh bodies in there on the commentary so yep. it kept the excitement up you can hear it in people's voices when it's hour 10 of this event and they're just yeah. over it <laughs> i mean you do you do a presentation for work right and you yeah. talk for a half hour and you're like damn i'm done yeah. <laughs> like i need a break yep, yep. yeah they did it right and yeah, you know, a lot of people don't like the ref's decision format, but I feel like they got most of them right. There's a couple that some people were upset about, but overall, it, they got them right. Yeah, and every five minutes, they announced who's got the judge's favor, yeah. right, which I thought was pretty cool. I don't know whether you could hear that as a competitor, right, or that's, you know, something more for I the think TV they can audience, because you could hear the, the audience react mm. in some of the matches. Yeah. So that's a good way to know, right? They talk about open scoring in MMA all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a good way to do that, right? Oh, shit, I'm losing. I got to do something here. Yeah, in the next five especially minutes. those close matches where you're 
you know, you might not know, are the judges favoring the top person trying to pass? Right. Or are they favoring the submission attempts off the bottom? Right. So once you hear which person they favored, right. that should be like a cue to, yeah. to know what they're looking at. It's pretty cool. That's a good way to do it. Um, Want to get into some of the matches? Yeah, let's do it. So one of the first ones that I went out and watched was uh, Tex and Orlando Sanchez, mm-hmm. right? So... I always see Orlando and I'm like, man, there's a, I can't imagine like locking up with this dude, right? Who's, I think he's 39, yeah, maybe, but he's close to 300 pounds. And if you've yep. ever seen him, he's like just a, like a bowling ball of yeah, muscle. It's unbelievable, right? <laughs> so, uh, you want to take us through what happened? Yeah. Yeah. And Orlando's a guy that's rarely been submitted ever. Um, before this event, I can't even, I don't, I have no idea when the last time he was submitted. Um, and he hasn't competed in a couple of years and prior to that it's only been i think the last two or three adcc yeah. events were the only times he's competed so right. 2015 yeah. adcc champion right yeah i think he was second place at 2017 um he competed in 2019 as well and didn't play so very specific rule format so he comes into this one and i thought it was, i was pretty pumped for the match you know, yeah tex johnson orlando sanchez is a really good matchup yeah haven't seen it before um I think I'm trying to remember. I think Tech sat guard right away, and Orlando kind of just like waded into his guard, and Tech's just simple triangle setup. Yep, um, just pulled him right into it. Um, didn't get it completely locked up, but crossed his ankles, and then Orlando just picks him up like he's a featherweight. <laughs> and then th- we're watching, and the thought never crossed my mind that he would slam him, and he yeah. did just like. He could have slammed him harder. It wasn't like full on power bomb, but I mean, he picked him up to chest level and yeah, did not nicely put no. him back down on the mat. And it was in like the first minute, right? First it minute and right a half away. of the match. It was like everyone's just shit. like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> and you could like, Tex was pissed, yeah, right, because they so they immediately disqualified him, right? So they hit the mat, and the ref immediately like hands on both of them, like trying to handle the situation. And at that point, Tex had gotten the triangle more locked up. So as the ref's in there trying to, like, break it up, Orlando's tapping as Tex is squeezing the triangle. Yeah. And they finally let go, and, like, Tex is all fired up and doesn't want to talk about it. And yeah. Orlando's just, like... Smacking his head. Yeah. Hand on his head, like, <laughs> I just made the dumbest mistake ever. Yeah. And they've said it. they said it on the commentary, right, that he's, like, ADCC rules, right? Like not Yeah, even ADCC about allows slams out of submissions, and that's all he's competed the last several years. Um, still not a good excuse, in my opinion. Yeah. But Total brain fart. Yeah. I was bummed because I was like looking forward to what how that match would turn yeah, out. That was right? the third match of the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, so Tex was not too pleased with that yeah, one. Yeah, so Orlando got DQ'd. Tex moved on. Um lost his second match. Yeah, he lost in the consolations to like a lost to High Sam Rita. It was like a neck crank from the back. Mm. Rear naked choke, neck crank. Yeah. Because that dude's like seven feet tall. Right. The only person that can get his legs and arms around Orlando's body. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, see the video maybe a month or so ago about with Orlando and Sean Strickland yep. at the Ruka gym? Mm-hmm. I thought that was hilarious. Like Sean Strickland just loves to run his mouth constantly. Yeah. Right? Orlando hit him with the shoulder yeah. shrink yeah. from the overhook. And he got so pissed. Right? Yeah. Like, what are you trying to do? It's like, dude, you were, tra- we're grappling. What are you talking about? Yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. I'm after this slam, I saw a meme. It was like maybe, or maybe it was just a comment. It was like maybe Sean and Orlando were both right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. That's really funny. 
Sean Strickland like parlayed that into like a fight now with um, Luke Rockhold. Oh yeah, that's right because yeah. he's a Ruka guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's the guy just loves yeah. to run his mouth. Never works for you. Yeah, exactly. Whatever's going to get you the, the payday, right? He goes deep too. Um, I think I reshared it. Um, JM from Bethlehem posted a picture with Orlando like posing with the the shoulder crank, and of course someone's got to tag Strickland of in course. the comments, and he just like. Went off the deep end going after JM. Yeah. And JM's like, chill, dude. It's just a joke. Right. right he's right. like, oh, sorry. I guess I went a little too far. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe dude. Yeah. Because you're right. He does lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He was like, kill yourself. How do you live this way? No, really? I could kill you whenever I want to. And just like a dude. whole bunch of comments. He's just like, dude, relax. <laughs> yeah. Just a joke. Out of your mind. <laughs> Out of your mind. You can fight, but like, man, just stop, stop talking so much. All right. So the next match I have here... Um, one that I think a lot of people are talking about, right? So Gabby Garcia and Amanda Levy. Yep. Man, what a cool match. So if you've ever seen Gabby Garcia, big heavyweight, I think she's 6'2". Yeah, I meant to look this up. I don't know her exact stats, but she's well over six feet tall. She didn't weigh into this event, yeah. which was a, a strong point of contention between her and Amanda right. and some of the other competitors. They were arguing about it at the press conference, and right. Gabby's just like... It wasn't in my contract to weigh in. Right. And I kind of get it. it's heavyweight weight class, but everyone else weighed in, so they all know what right. each other weigh in. Right. I don't know. She's got to be 240, At 250. Least. And Amanda Levy looks like she weighs 115, right? In comparison. Right. I mean, I don't know what she actually weighed in it, but. Yeah, Amanda's probably, <clears throat> I don't know what she was for this event. When she does, when she, like, cuts weight for big matches in MMA, she does, like, one. 45 i think okay. she like kills herself to get to 135 yeah but she looked tiny she looked tiny against gabby but um you know amanda's a a certified badass on her own black belt been competing since she was a kid but yep you know gabby is massive i don't even know how many time black belt world champion yep adcc champion but it's always been hard to judge where her technique level is because she's always so much bigger. Right. Because in all those women's divisions, it's the heavyweight is like, like ADCC, it's six, I forget how many kilos it is, but it basically cuts it like 135, I think. So there's just two weight classes, below yeah. 135 yeah. and above. So you have these women that are like 145 that don't want to cut down. Right. And Gabby. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering that as I was I mean, I don't her. doubt that she's good. She's like <clears throat> second, third degree black belt, but... Right. She's rarely had competition her size. Right. Because if she had to, she could just smush somebody mm -hmm. if she had to. So, match starts. Gabby, they, they were on the feet for a few minutes, right? I was actually surprised <clears throat> at that Gabby wasn't just, like, overpowering her on her feet. But I think probably some of Amanda's MMA background, too, has something yeah. to do with that, right? She's good, a good wrestler, <clears throat> too. Yeah. But I was surprised to see that Gabby sat. Yeah. Pretty and quickly. then as the match went along a little bit, she, she was looking tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty quickly, right? So she sits. Amanda picks the feet up. Yeah. She puts her on her shoulders. Yeah. She just tossed her feet and just like. Rolled her forward. Rolled her over her back and forced the back. turtle and then took her back. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. And it was a deep joke. Yeah. Right. So she strapped on the rear naked and it was deep. And the commentators, commentators were saying like Gabby's face is turning colors. Right. And then Gabby got out of it. Mm -hmm. And they went back and forth quite a bit in the match. And then at the very end, Amanda got yeah, another. Yeah, she got her back again. And again, yeah. Super deep choke again. Super deep. 
ended up going to the decision. Yep. That was that had to have been the biggest upset. Yeah. That's what that was the headline that I saw immediately. It was like monster upset. Um but I was like super impressed with the back takes, like super slick. I was like, damn. I, was like, I watched the initial one probably four or five times because I was like, how does she do that? Because I like to pick the feet up too. Mm-hmm. But never, like, she picked her up, had her like back, and Gabby like kind of platformed up a little bit. And when she like um, leveraged her up onto her shoulder, she almost turned her a little bit and then just like just exposed the back. I mean, it yeah. makes perfect sense. I think a lot of people just aren't going to allow you to roll them over their, their shoulders all the way to turtle position. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, maybe she's used to being able to defend the turtle yeah, better, differently than what happened this time. Yeah. I mean, Amanda was on that back in like a split second, yeah. right? It was like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, Amanda's really good. I've been I've been watching her for a long time. She's from Jersey, so she's always in the finishers event. She won ADCC trials the last time around. She's been EBI. She fights MMA. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I think her and her brother have their own academy now. She made a fan. Um, she's always exciting. She uh, was pretty pumped after the win yeah. too, right? I mean, especially after the drama around the way. Yes, yeah. I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, and then she, I think, lost at her next the next round too. Yeah, yeah. I uh, forget who it was against. Um, there were some killers of the women's division in in that group. Yeah, Ana Vieira. She ended up losing too. Um, she wins like everything. Kendall Rusing ended up second place. Yep. Um, Rafaela Guedes from Atos won the division. That's right. Okay. Like yeah. all of them. Like if you're looking at who's winning the top events in that weight class, it's like all the competitors were there. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 great to see. Um, you want to talk about what happened with Mason Fowler? Yeah, that was a bizarre one too. That was second match of the day. Um, again, I feel like it was right within the first minute Mason gets accidentally poked in the eye and you know, this happens all the time, little break in the action. They rub their eye, blink a whole bunch. They're like, all right, I'm good. Yep. And it just wasn't happening. Like the time's going on and on and on the refs there. The medic is there. His coach, Kyle is there. And to me, it got, it went on so long. It's like, clearly he's not okay right. to be competing if it's it's taking this long right yeah and he, i don't know about you when i've been poked in the eye it's pretty quickly you're like all right it's not serious i'm good to go right. like yeah it hurts a little bit right my eyes tearing up but right. i'm fine and yeah, it this sucks, wasn't like but it that. goes away right right so in my opinion when you get to like 10 minutes of waiting for it to get better it's probably serious and you can't continue but they ended up fashioning an eye patch out of like an ace bandage <laughs> right. just like wrapped around his head and like draped over his eye and they're like okay he's good and then within a split second it's off right the ref puts it back on and the match went on um i think he ended up ditching the the eye patch at some point and he ended up winning and then as i suspected dropped out before right. the next match right yeah i saw him at the press conference still with ice on his face yeah. like I don't know. That seems. I don't know whether he was fighting it, right? Like he wanted to just go on. I it can't really tell, but yeah, I don't know. Being a competitor, I would have to imagine he was just advocating for himself right. to be able to continue. Yeah. Yeah, that's. That's when you need someone in your corner that's 
like, all right, bro, this has been right. 10 minutes. You, you're still telling me you can't see clearly. It's right. probably serious. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that happen a lot in MMA too, right? I think recently even more so, like where guys a are lot just of getting bad whooped. Well, I was, yeah, that too. Yeah. I was thinking more just guys getting whooped and their coaches like saying, it's up to you, right? Like, I don't know. Sometimes you wonder. It's a little different story, I guess, when you're eating punches nonstop in an MMA match than it is here. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you break your arm, you're, the match is going to be over anyway. Right. So. Yeah. Hopefully there's nothing permanent and serious. It was just, it was a, a frustrating start to the event. Yeah. There's the second match. The first match went the full distance. So it's already not off to the most exciting start. And then second match, we have this eye poke situation. It's just like, yeah, luckily the event picked up after that and ended yeah. up being really good. Yep. Yep. Um, we'll talk about Grayson or Twister. Yeah. The silent assassin. The silent assassin. Um, yeah. I've known, I've known Grace and her coaches, Zach and JM, for a long time, um, those guys actually helped me out with a lot of guidance in getting this gym off the ground and, and venturing into the business. So where, where, the, where their school 10th is? Tenth line at Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Yep, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, so I've rolled with Grace since she was a little kid, um, and now she's number two. A certified killer. Yeah, <laughs> number two in her weight class in the world. Um, yeah, it was her, her semifinal match. Um, she hit a crazy twister and got the submission, which you never see, right? doesn't happen much. Yeah. You know? It's pretty amazing. Um, the crowd went berserk too, right? Yeah. Like you, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Ton of 10th planet people there. Yeah. yeah. Eddie Bravo was in her corner along with Zach and JM and her yeah. mom. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, she's so like unassuming. I saw like a clip and it was like, the headline was, Oh, did we just catch grace? Crack a smile. <laughs> right? She's like so chilled out yeah. all the time. Um, they had a bunch of uh, folks compete, right? At least two or three. They had people. two, yeah. yeah. They had John, John Thor Blink in the 185. Yep. What happened in his match? I think he, did he get hurt? Um, he couldn't continue. And then the other thing. Yeah, so he won his consolation match. Um, he was supposed to be in the third place match, but uh, popped his knee at some point what in the match. Knee? Okay. Dropped out. Yep. Yeah, so Thor submitted Jacob Couch in the consolation. He was supposed to go for third place against Tackett. He dropped out, so they had Jacob Couch go back in, and he beat Tackett by decision. Yeah. So in the press conference, he was saying oh, he's going to give Thor a thousand bucks or something. <laughs> That's nice. He was locked in on some uh, um, heel hooks mm-hmm. throughout that match. I, they were just rolling and rolling and rolling. I was like, damn. Um, he had a great tournament too. Um, he upset Roberto Jimenez in the first yeah, round yeah. by heel hook. Um, and then, yeah, got that golden ticket to come back, and he seized his opportunity to take third place. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That that was one of those matches where um, if you hadn't told me or they hadn't shown, like, who had the judge's favor, I wouldn't have known, like, how they were going to end yeah. the match, right? Because it felt like Tackett, like, was applying pressure, like, almost the entire match. That one was tough. That's one where That's one of the few where a lot of people are questioning the, yeah. the decision. Yeah. Um, but it's tough. It's also two very popular grapplers. So you're yep. going to have a lot of people yep. in one camp and the other that thought their guy won. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be a judge in, in some of those no. matches. And I wonder, like, is that because he was so, f- like, he was going after those submissions in the beginning and the end, right? Like, just bookended a bunch of action. With, yeah. Like, some serious- the commentators did talk about some of that, saying, you know, you can't, you can't attack some submissions early in the match and then try to just 
ride it out and think you're going to get the decision. Yeah. You know, it's, they're looking at the full picture. Right. The hillbilly hammer. Yep. What a great nickname. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Yep. (laughs) One of the Daisy fresh guys. Oh, is that where you come from? I didn't know that. Okay. Man, I got to catch up on some of these guys. I'm too old school for that, I guess. Um, Thor's a good nickname too, though. So yeah. Yeah, he got that nickname because he used to have this, like, long, thinning, blonde hair. Fitting. Yeah, and, and he's always been jacked. Yeah. He shaved it off at some point. Yeah, that's fitting. Um, any other matches you want to hit on? No, that's everything I had had notes on. Um, obviously, I mean, there were so many good matches. Top to bottom, it was, it was an amazing event, but those are the ones that mainly stuck out to me. Um, Cade Ruotolo had a great run winning... The 155. Darce is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then his brother. Yeah. At 185. Yeah, Ty won the 185 in less exciting fashion, but it was a... Uh, and him and Mika Galvao in that finals match was just one of those extremely difficult stylistic matchups. Yeah. It's like the guard passer against the ultra-flexible guard player, and just neither one of them could yeah. get their game going. Yeah. And the ref was really on their case that whole match but it's like i understand the frustration of the competitors they're both trying to do what they do there's massive consequences if you just go recklessly diving into the other person's game right and there's money on the line it's not just the money it's they're 17 and 18 years old it's the opportunities that come along with winning that match too yeah yeah pretty cool to see two brothers out there Killing it, right? Stealing the money. Yeah, no kidding. They took good. home like 60, 60 something between them. I think 65 between the two of them. Not a bad payday no. for a couple of days' work. Not a bad payday. I mean, I can't imagine how much money their parents have invested into them yeah, up to right, this yeah, point. Right, 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 right. So the next, uh, who's number one, is coming up in October. I think I saw October 20th. Yeah. And I saw that... Um, Gordon Ryan's doing an exhibition match there. Yeah, they're doing, I don't know, I'm I'm not quite buying it yet. Um, I'll watch it, but the the pitch is, so who's, do you remember the guy it's against? It's a UFC guy. I had it, I and forget I, his I don't name. think I actually wrote it down. Um, yeah, it is a UFC guy. Yeah. I, he's fought for, on uh, Flow before. Okay. So the idea is it's not a regular competitive match. Um they're going to set a time limit, and no matter what happens, they're going the full time limit, right? So if there's a submission, they're just going to reset reset, and do it again. And um, my feeling is it's basically a way for Gordon to keep himself relevant, and he said it himself. He uses competition to show off what he's selling in his instructionals to prove that it works. So it's going to be a whole exhibition of him trying to show off the stuff that he has coming out in his, I guess, either current or upcoming instructionals. Yeah. Um, He's pitching it like, oh, you guys might see me in some worse positions because, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, if I get submitted, the match is over. But, man, it's not going to happen. Philip Rowe is who he's fighting. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't catch any of that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody that's super excited about it. It seems fishy to me but yeah we'll see how it plays out yeah there's definitely why bother right why bother having all these weird a weird setup like that unless it's for some reason yeah right? i don't know I'm like, like it's not like it's best two out of three falls right it's yeah 
It's just an exhibition. Yeah. Huh. Tim Spriggs called him out. I want to see that match. Yeah. Even though Gordon killed him at the last ADCC, but yeah, I mean he's got the, the heavyweight belt. Yeah. That that's what he's I thought. Number one now. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen, but um, yeah. We'll see what happens with that. All right. Any any other tournament news we want to cover? No, I think that covers it. Um, like I said, hats off to who's number one. That was one of the best events I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, I've never seen coverage that good of an event. Like you're saying, the the cameras and the lighting and the audio and just all of it was there. Yeah. Um, the action moved along. The Their commercial breaks weren't too long. Yep. It was like the perfect amount of time to... Take a bathroom break. Yeah, exactly. Get grab a snack. Couch. <laughs> yep. yep. It's cool, too, because you can get that app on any of the services now, right? So you can actually, like, instead of having to watch it on your yeah. phone all day long, you can get it on your yeah, TV. Yeah, so I watch it on Apple TV, so it's, boom, right yeah. up on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. We were sitting outside at the fire pit for a while Saturday night. I just had the windows open and the volume turned up. Yeah, that's awesome. Standing on the deck looking in. Yeah. Finally, Kate's like, we can go in the house if you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching... Um, I don't remember which exact tournament it is, but one of the IBJJFs was on one of the services, right? And it was the same thing, like a single camera, like, you know, 30 feet away from It wasn't that match. long ago either. Yeah. That was... No, it was a couple of years. A few years ago, that's... Yeah. And you were pumped to get that coverage. Yeah. You're like, I can watch the event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in comparison, it was garbage, right? Like, you can't see anything. Yeah. It was... The last ADCC coverage was really good. Um, but prior to that, it was the same thing. You're watching, like one camera overview yeah it's just like can't see what's going on right, right. yeah so this was pretty cool to I see. i want to hear the commentary right yeah there was no commentary in any of these right it was yeah. just like you're just watching it was like being at a tournament where you're watching it from the other side so yeah big big deal yeah it's just keeps cool. getting better it's, it's good for all of jujitsu yep yep absolutely put it in a consumable format i think a lot of people have been going after that goal for a while now yeah um do you foresee jujitsu becoming an Olympic sport? I don't think so. Too niche? Yeah, I I just don't think it's ever, I don't know, maybe not ever, but anytime soon I don't see it becoming standardized enough. From a rule set perspective? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I forget the exact criteria, but it, you know, with the Olympic Committee, it has to be something that is widely played in you know a certain amount of countries and everyone needs to be on the same format and rule set and we can't get anywhere close to that yeah be interesting though because they could conceivably pick a rule set right we're just going to go with ibjgf yeah. rules right and, and it would push people to go in that direction yeah but a lot of people argue that is what has led to ruining a lot of the aspects of judo mm-hmm Interesting. Every once in a while, like when the Olympics start coming around, you start hearing like chatter about it. Yeah, a lot of people are are into wishing that would happen. And I don't know, for me, I just don't really care one way or yeah. the other. <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't honestly <laughs> don't really care. I'm asking just for the sake yeah. of discussion, but I don't really care. Yeah, it's a common discussion point, And my gut feeling is just always, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. It's not going to change anything we do here. Like when I watch it, probably, probably depending on who it was. But then would it be gi or would it be no gi? I can it'd have to, I imagine it's, it'd be gi, yeah. right? And no one wants to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep, yep. 
Not right. trying to cause arguments about gee versus no gee. Uh, you already started it, right? to watch it. Let the, com- <laughs> let the comments go. We know it's slower with the grips. Yep. Um, although I saw Tay in the gee yesterday, right? Yeah. So. And his own will. Yeah, really. He wanted to do Daniel's wrestling class. Um, so step it back. He tries to leave the house in like jeans and a hoodie. I'm like, if you're doing adult class, like you have to dress appropriately for jujitsu. And he hates shorts. I don't know why. Um, so Kate's like, all right, gi pants and a rash guard. He's like, gi pants, but no rash guard. I'm like, fine, <laughs> wear a t-shirt. You can't wear a hoodie during wrestling class. And then we get here and he just comes out of my office with his gi fully on. The, yeah, I think he found the jacket in the office and he's got it all on. He's got his belt tied and he wrestled for an hour in his gi. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Yep. I was thinking like, all right, I want to show him a collar takedown from there. <laughs> just <laughs> watching uh, mess around with Andrew. That was pretty cool. All right, so uh, a couple of reminders, right? So we've yeah. got some cool things um, happening in the, in the gym coming up. I'm guessing, so we're probably going to drop this next week. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll get it out before the Doomsday Seminar. Yep. So um, John Doomsday Howard is going to be here at 10th Planet Springfield on Saturday, October 9th um, at 4.30. Seminar is only 50 bucks. Um, we're not cutting it off early, so you can just show up and pay at the door. So make sure you bring cash. Um, we talked about this extensively the last podcast and, you know, we're, we're all pretty excited about it. A lot of registrations are starting to, to pour in for it. Um, it's going to be really good. I have no idea what he's going to teach, but I have no, no doubts that it's going to be good. Yeah. Something ass kick, ass kicking worthy probably. And we have another seminar coming up in November. Yeah. That one's a little ways out, but like everything else, I'm sure it's going to sneak up on us in no time. Um, we're going to have PJ Barch here November 20th. 20th, yep. Um, that one, again, 50 bucks advance. We're going to bump that up to 60 bucks if you pay at the door. Um, so we expect that one to to fill in a little bit. Um, I'm excited about that one, too. Yeah, those are both pretty cool ones. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about them, too. Some good learning opportunities coming up. Yeah. Um, for the PJ seminar, I have a link that we're setting up, so we'll link that um, and make it super easy that you can just register online for that one and not have to deal with contacting us and, and all that stuff to pay for it. Cool. We'll put that in the description yep. of the video. Okay, cool. And then we're taking the podcast on the road. Uh, yeah. Actually, the day before the PJ seminar, we'll be up in New Hampshire for the uh, Enigma Invitational. Um, hopefully, we're going to get set up with a table there and... and bring the gear and talk to some of the fighters there. Um, so that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, you never saw myself going down this path as a podcaster, event broadcaster, whatever the hell we're going to be doing. Sportscaster. Uh, right. Sportscaster. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite things about going to jujitsu events is the people even as much or more so than the competition. So it's just a little bit more of a formalized setting to, talk to the people we would talk to anyway. Yeah. So we'll talk to the competitors. I'm sure there'll be other people there that, um, you know, who've just come to spectate that we'll get on. So that'll be cool. Um, I'm looking forward to getting out. It's cool to take it on the road, right? It's just yeah. kind of a fun thing to do. So, all right. Anything else you want to hit on? Um, if you're looking for the freshest 10th Planet Springfield gear, don't forget to check out springfieldgear.com. Um, like I said, last podcast, we have some fresh, new designs up there and every couple of months I rotate that stuff through. So even if you have already purchased some stuff, there's always something new up there 
Um, getting into the fall and winter season here, we have some new hoodies and new winter hats up there. Cool. Some new colors, new designs. The newest uh, 10th Planet Springfield kit, right? Yep. Is up there. That's right. The our Red Sox themed rash guard and shorts are available on the website as well. Yeah. Uh, make sure you guys give us a like. Um, smash that subscribe button, as the youngsters say. You can find us on uh, YouTube. You can find us on all of your favorite podcasting services, Google. Uh, we're everywhere. We're everywhere, yes. And we're just testing out this new multi-cam setup on the video aspect of the podcast. So yeah, do you guys like let this? Let us know if you like right. it. We're trying to step up the tech here. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. It's a wrap. Thanks.